Hi everyone, welcome to the Moringa School podcast. My name is Melissa. Um, my name is Michelle Atieno and we are just recent graduates in software development mm-hmm. and we just thought that this would be a good platform to discuss all things tech and what we can do in order to contribute to this large community in Kenya, in Africa and into the whole world as, you know, as just developers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Michelle, uh, when did you get interested in tech? Like. When, what was your first interaction with technology and what um, made you want to join Moringa okay. School to learn how to do coding? Ah, so um, I'm basically a tomboy, mm-hmm. let's just say that. Mm-hmm. And I've always been interested in just learning how to create things like games. And, and I basically worked in an entrepreneurial venture. And I guess I used to work around computers a lot mm-hmm. and I just wanted to get deep into it. And a few friends of mine also had gotten funding from a software that built and wow. they traveled outside the country and they got an education out of it also and then when they came back they were better like business people and mm-hmm. that really motivated me and I realized I had a passion definitely when I came to Moringa and I did basic HTML, CSS and I saw what I could do yeah. and that's basically just what motivated me to go and just create these awesome websites. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I and think you? I think for me, um, I've always had an interest in technology. Yeah. Um, but I used to work with like Squarespace mm-hmm. and Shopify, building yeah. templates, yeah. building websites using templates. Yeah. Um, but I never really understood the logic and the functionality behind um, all these amazing templates. Mm-hmm. So that's what got me interested. Um, I used to do like front end styling, mm-hmm. um, even using WordPress, just playing around, um, trying to you know, understand HTML, CSS. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think around May, I just decided, May of this year, I decided, let me just join Moringa, Mm -hmm. see how the first five weeks go. (laughs) And then, um, yeah, 20 weeks later, I I, I can comfortably say I'm a software developer. And that makes me so happy, Mm -hmm. um, just knowing that I've achieved one of my goals for 2018. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So where do you think that... What do you think you'd make the most impact yeah. as a developer? As a developer, yeah. well, I'm very interested in um, data science. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I come from an economics background. That's what I studied at university. Yeah. So just, um, you know, the, the, the nexus between technology, data, and statistics, that gets me very excited. Yeah. Um, I love visualizing um, data, analyzing it. It's just, you know, working with information, yeah. I, I think, is the future, especially if you're a small company, a big company, any type of industry, health, education, um, yeah, even software itself, data is very important. Mm-hmm. So that's where I see myself being of impact and purpose, especially data-driven decision-making for good. Um, yeah, how about you? I could say the same thing. Yeah. I, I basically want to see how... I wanted to see how data can be used to affect maybe a market, mm-hmm. especially when you even go to a basic thing like a supermarket. Mm-hmm. You see those places they use um, maybe a programming language like Python to analyze how they can set up their businesses. And I think just playing around with those numbers can tell you a lot about how you can structure a business. Yeah. And I, I think I also have um, a desire to connect customers to let's say employers mm-hmm. and customers to businesses and stuff like that. So I'd like to make it easier in the business world to make it easier for customers to reach clients. Yeah. Customers to reach the, the products that they want or the services that they, that they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, what trends are you seeing taking place um, 
specifically in technology or in Nairobi where mm-hmm. we're based what yeah. do you see is happening or not happening enough and needs to start happening Ooh, yeah. what is not happening mm-hmm. i can i can start there Ooh, i think there needs to be like more conferences where we get to know what's happening in this software development world right. software engineering world because right. i think there's a lot of secrets in what's going on. I yeah. don't know that's just how I feel but mm-hmm. I think that we need more conferences where developers can come together, showcase what they can do. Mm-hmm. And we also need to I think create spaces where we can support each other as software developers. Yeah. 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 Actually one thing that I really um have enjoyed about the Moringa School experience mm-hmm. is when I used to code um I used to do it in isolation. Yeah. So if you encounter an error, you know, you sort of just you know forget about it or not try and solve it at all because you're doing it alone mm-hmm. but then coming here i feel like i've graduated with a team of 40 developers yeah. so just knowing that wow. even once you've graduated you already have a network that you've built yeah. i think it helps in terms of um i guess just being more out there you yeah. know someone telling you about an event that's coming up or if there's a conference as you said or mm-hmm. a forum knowing mm-hmm. that oh i can go with michelle yeah. or i can go with someone else yeah. from my um Class. class or the yeah. class before that um that's what i really love about the the moringa school uh, experience yeah um and also moving forward i mean i think it's it's good to push yourself and put yourself out there um remember we had this experience where we went for an open day uh, mm-hmm. for Andela and mm-hmm. we just <laughs> we didn't even have tickets i remember but yeah. just showing up just showing up you know and then they say that 80% of success mm-hmm. comes from showing up yeah so just being present um sometimes even when you don't have a ticket yeah. just being there maybe that person um you know decided one person decided not to come and you can end up taking up their their spot or their seat um i think showing up is key mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i think also even in those job applications where you see like 20 20 requirements where exactly. you need to apply and you don't have them all just apply exactly. don't even they just apply exactly especially for us as entry level um developers they don't expect you to know everything yeah. so just apply yeah. be confident practice those behavioral questions those technical problems and then maybe as an entry developer you can say that okay when i go into this i know that i can learn a b c d mm-hmm. in like two weeks even if you don't have the requirements but yeah, yeah just go on and apply for those jobs that you think that you can get but yeah don't just stay stagnant yeah and it's something interesting that um Cheryl Sandberg talks about in her book mm-hmm. lean in um the wow you've already read it bits. <laughs> okay bits, just bits uh-huh. um that you know when it comes to women mm-hmm. women usually apply for positions or roles when they feel that they've met 100% of the requirements yeah. so close to 100% yeah. but men you know even when they reach or qualify for 60% of what is required they'll still go ahead and apply mm-hmm. so i feel like even as as a woman in tech mm-hmm. um what's what's your experience been like do you feel like or sometimes i have to check all the boxes because that happens to me sometimes um, especially since we've finished yeah. uh we've learned python and javascript a bit of angular but you find that a lot of the job requirements especially at entry level mm-hmm. require you to know um java go mm-hmm. scala so yeah. all these things that that take a bit of time to pick up yes you can learn java you know in a few weeks but being really good at something also takes um time yeah so what's your experience been like um 
so I'm still at, I haven't gotten a job but yeah. when I go out there applying mm-hmm. um like there's this one event that we went for um there's this um the technical recruiter for Africa is talking mm-hmm. say that um basically on the interview process you go through like maybe three interviews or something and then there's a technical interview they just want to see like how you think through a problem yeah. how you break it down into small bits and how you arrive at the solution mm-hmm. so they don't expect you to know like so let's say Africa's talking is using um Scala and you you haven't even interacted with it before but when you go through that interview you you maybe when you pass that technical interview now they give you like time to like learn Scala maybe two weeks like this and then maybe you after that process you can get in but you don't have to know the language that the company is using they can through the interview process they can just like scope you out and see how you think through a problem and then maybe you can get through but mm. i think that as an entry developer i'm not even i'm conscious that i don't know everything mm-hmm. but at the same time i'm not going there not knowing anything exactly. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's a really good point mm-hmm. And um speaking of you know companies like Africa's talking mm-hmm. you know in Nairobi in Nairobi's um taxing the mm-hmm. lot of startups of which course. is amazing yeah. because you get to immerse yourself in um I guess all aspects of managing a business mm-hmm. so you don't just come in as an entry level developer yeah. sometimes you're expected to carry out some managerial responsibilities so um do you have any experience in working for startups and um what advice would you give someone who is just entering the 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 job market or because you know you you've also worked before you started mm-hmm. coding yeah so what what was your experience like and is there are there any tips that you'd have maybe um, yeah. um people say things like culture fit yeah. um just try uh, working in a team those things are very important especially as a software developer so even in moringa in moringa we did a few team projects so i could say I enjoyed the experience of course but in a real life situation I'm working on a real life project I'd like to see how I do that because I haven't done that yet but mm-hmm. even as I'm applying to these jobs I'm going to a place where I feel like I can I can add value the most and where it also aligns with what I also want to do so I'm just not going for any job that okay they're doing this and me I don't align with I'm going to a place where I feel like okay this is what i also have passion for and i can add value to it and yeah, yeah. i think just going to a place where you think you know you can add value but also don't even just section yourself out on, just apply for everything but at the same time go to a place where you know your interests align yeah 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 that's a, that's a really good point mm-hmm. um i think for me um again just also coming from a non-technical background yeah. i love being able to apply both um you know my coding skills yeah. my software development skills yeah. as well as you know things to do with marketing mm-hmm. business development yeah. strategy Your soft skills basically. yeah creativity yeah. so um i think i would enjoy working for a startup mm-hmm. um again we're both in the process of applying for different exactly. um, jobs and um eventually we will get the offers mm-hmm. but yeah startups are definitely a place so you can learn a lot, a lot yeah. um and who knows maybe one day you can also start your own business mm-hmm. or find a problem in the market that you feel you can provide a solution um, okay. for 
So yeah, um, yeah. So Michelle, what tools do you use to sharpen your skills? YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number one is YouTube. YouTube has all the resources that you need. Any language that you want to learn, I think YouTube is the best. Personally, for me, because I like the visual aspect of it. But let's say for a project, for a language like Django, you have like all the documentation that you need. Basically, all the frameworks that you learn. You can get all the documentation online and um, resources like Udemy, Codecademy, Plural Site. Man, there's so so many. Mm-hmm. Um, I could say. Um, and for maybe your technical skills, you can use like Code Wars. And there's those this other one that we're told the other day. What's the name? Project Euler. That one. Yeah. Project Euler. That one is a bit hard and advanced, but you can start with like Code Wars. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think th- th- those are the tools that you can use to like learn more and sharpen your skill. Definitely. Yeah. And um, you know, speaking about um, sharpening your skills mm-hmm. and constantly practicing. Yeah. Um, do you experience uh, imposter syndrome? You know, sometimes you feel like. Am I really a coder? Am I really, you know, you look at other people's projects or what people have done, what senior developers are doing, and you start to question yourself or of question course. why you're doing it. Of course, all the time, because sometimes you can take on a project and you're like, hey, can I really do this? Yeah. But I think that just, I don't know, basically believing in yourself and just trying to up your confidence by actually tackling the problem. Being a software developer is all about um, solving problems. Exactly. So that is what should just, it, it should actually motivate you that you have a problem, mm. basically. Just mm-hmm. tackle it with all the energy that you have. Don't let a problem take you down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, That's the motto as a software developer. You can't let the problem take you down. You yeah. have to take it down. Yeah. Yeah. And um, in terms of solving a problem, what problem do you see that, um, it, or, or what problems mm-hmm. do we have in Nairobi, in Kenya, yeah. in Africa specifically, or more generally, that you feel that um, we can solve using technology? Using technology. Yeah. Basically, um, as you can see, a lot of government institutions like, let's say, KRA, the Kenya Revenue Authority, they've, they started using like online payment systems for people paying tax. Well, it goes down sometimes, but I think that they've started it. So online payment systems for like salaries, for maybe if you go to a restaurant, you can actually pay for your meal, um, taxis, everything right now it's using an online payment system. I think so. I think that online payment systems are a big thing. Education, obviously, tools that help kids learn better. I think maybe I'd, I'd want to get into that also, just to see how we can improve on our education system. Also health. Health every other day. Everyone gets sick every other day, and there's always a new infection that's coming up. So we all need information on health and how we can better our health and bio health system, I can say. And what about you? What do you think? Definitely. Um, I, I think something that's interesting for me is um, the census mm-hmm. that's taking place next year. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to see if there are any open source projects. Data. Data, yeah. Mm-hmm. Data collection. So I feel yeah. like, you know, for developers, especially Kenyan developers out there, mm-hmm. um, solutions around um, the census yeah. happening next year, because it happens every 10 years. Yeah. So just trying to uh, get yourself involved or to innovate, uh, you know, creatively in that sort of area would yeah. be interesting. Um, interesting. You know, if anyone's listening and they'd love to um, contribute in any way, 
something that I, I feel like we can all yeah. totally get our hands on. And you on. can also tell us like where to get such information and how exactly. we can, you know, contribute to such a project. Yeah. Because, yeah, census is a, it's a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and also in terms of, um, you know, we're just talking about imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I personally experienced when we were studying at Moringa was, you know, you're coding every day from eight to six. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the only sort of break you get yeah. is maybe lunchtime and either before class or after class. So trying to manage your health and your diet, you know, fueling your mind mm-hmm. um, through whatever you're consuming. Um, what, what, how do you sort of manage your health? Not just your mental health, mm-hmm. but your physical health. Because you'll find that we wake up very early, we sleep very late. Mm-hmm. So um, trying to exercise or really control what you take, you know. Yeah. You know, there's like fries <laughs> across the street. Yeah. So are you really going to think about, should I have some green vegetable juice? It's, yeah. it's not... It's not practical every single day mm-hmm. so how do you or do you um, keep track of your health of course i do because without this body i can't even code so exactly yeah so basically what i do is plan my week very well and i i don't always let's say get through the week having done a hundred percent of the things that i've planned for yeah. but i try to just keep a healthy balance of me coming to Moringa, me at that time me coming to Moringa and also me being at home. So I try to do things that I also love outside of code, like cooking, mm-hmm. like tending to my little garden, yeah, and things like those. Um, but I also drink water, drink a lot of water, minding my own business, not getting caught up in um, <laughs> those little arguments that don't even make sense. Right. But um, yeah, yeah, just. And also surrounding yourself with people who are better than you, obviously. Mm-hmm. So because I think that's a better challenge than just sitting around guys who won't make you better. So, yeah. yeah. And constantly asking questions, constantly researching, but at the same time keeping in mind that I have to rest. So any time that I had to sleep, I can always take a nap anywhere. So yeah, just having a healthy balance of the two, not overdoing it and also not underdoing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think part of, um, you know, just, uh, you know, taking time out to not code, switching off your laptop and just um, immersing yourself in nature and physical activity is important. Um, One thing that was interesting recently Mm -hmm. was um, a Nigerian uh, developer. Uh, He got, his visa got denied. I think he was trying to fly out. Um, for a conference. Mm-hmm. And that's something that a lot of Nigerian developers um, are experiencing, African developers mm-hmm. specifically. Um, so, you know, we want to travel, we want to expose ourselves, yeah. we want to go on trips and, you know, meet mm-hmm. our next business partners, mm-hmm. meet, meet our next um, employers, our next employees, mm-hmm. you know. But travel restrictions, especially for African developers, is, is a... It's a big problem. Yeah. So what's your take on that? What do you think can be done? Who is responsible? Should we plan ahead as African developers? You know, if we know that there's a conference coming up six months ahead of time, is it is it a part? Who's, you know, who is, how can we solve that problem? I'm yeah. very passionate about conferences because that's where you get to see ideas that are outside of what you're working on. Yeah. And you also get to see how other people think. So... I think it's also our res- our our responsibility. <laughs> I'm talking like a Nigerian, <laughs> but shout out to our Nigerian listeners. 
But yeah, I, I can basically say that it's our responsibility to take on what we are doing by ourselves because the problems that are here in Africa are not the same ones that are in the Western world. Our problems are completely different. So our solutions may not be, like let's say, for example, an, an application like M-Pesa, which mm-hmm. is a money mobile app, it can basically only... The market that has been found to be the best market for an application like M-Pesa has been Kenya. So when it was taken to other countries like in Europe and where they're used to card systems, the application wasn't working. So our problems are basically our problems. So let's not also compare ourselves to other, like the Western world where they're over, they're over... They have basically all the technology, but mm-hmm. our problems are so basic. Our problems are so African. So let, let me just say that our problems are so African and we need our own solutions for our own problems. So we need to take initiative of our own solutions. Mm-hmm. And um, from statistics, we can say that um, a lot of startups that are, uh, that are in Kenya, even on Twitter it was going around that um, a lot of startups are owned by foreigners. Mm. And that really offended me because I think there are a lot of startups in Kenya that are also started by our own Kenyans. Mm-hmm. A company like an agricultural company like Hardy Fresh where they just supply um, vegetables around the city and you know, startups like those are, are what inspire me to keep going. So we need our own local startups to inspire us. Even the apps that you have on your phone, you mm-hmm. know, they should be our own apps that mm-hmm. cater to our own needs, you know? Yeah. So we need to take control of our conferences, our applications, our own problems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think for me, um, one of the solutions, especially, I think his name was Prosper, mm-hmm. the developer. Yeah. So he um, came up with the Concatenate Africa oh, yeah. uh, uh, forum. Yeah. So I think part of, you know, just problem solving is trying to organize forums within Africa, yeah. within Africa, African cities like Lagos, Nairobi, even reaching out to other cities yeah. as well and just trying to um, reach developers where they are, yeah. um, especially because we, you know, we lack access to a lot of things, mobility, um, infrastructure, internet access. So trying to um, localize those events, mm-hmm. um, I think would allow us to just move one step forward. And yeah. eventually you'd see that people would want us to start having more forums in Nairobi, mm-hmm. in Johannesburg, mm-hmm. in, you know. Somewhere um, where an African can actually exactly, go. Casablanca. Yeah. So, yeah. Let me ask you this, like, what careers have really surprised you when it comes to software development that you didn't know exist yeah. that are there? Wow, so many. You mm-hmm. know, I, I used to think that software... Um, Development or software engineering is just about developing websites. Yeah. Um, but I feel like in my time at Moringa, I've learned that you can be a quality assurance engineer. Yeah. You can be an implementation engineer. Mm-hmm. You can do testing. Uh, you can also be a user interface, user experience um, developer. So mm-hmm. that's UI UX. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, there, there are many careers. You can be a product manager once you've developed or amassed that. Um, breadth of experience yeah um you can also be a chief technology officer Mm -hmm. years years down the line um so i think yeah i mean i i 
opportunities are many mm-hmm. i would say i would say that if you're looking to transition into a software career um it's definitely the future it's a right path especially if you have the passion yeah. right so you can start something but if you're not passionate about it it's very hard to keep on going when the days are tough yeah. and the days there are many days Ooh. that are tough you yeah. know and content and like going through errors trying to debug your code mm-hmm. um again what we've spoken about imposter syndrome mm-hmm. being a woman in tech the problems are many but that's the job of a developer it's yeah. to find solutions yeah, exactly so it's a very um exciting career you know you're never doing the same thing every day it's yeah. not monotonous and you're also so not restricted to like um one industry you exactly. can you can go to health you can go into education exactly. wherever yeah. you want yeah yeah mm. Uh so yeah we've just been joined by Victor. Victor is uh one of our former classmates at Moringa. Um really good uh developer. So maybe you can just introduce yourself Victor. Tell us a bit about yourself. Um yeah. what got you interested in coding? How you sharpened <laughs> your skills? Yeah. Who is Victor? Uh what uh who is Victor? Victor. I, if you want me to tell you what got me into coding, it's a very long story. Uh maybe listeners should come and see me. We have time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but uh long story short, I was doing forex, I started coding indicators for forex and in the process I realized that I really loved coding. That's when I started now teaching myself a bit of coding. Then realized it's a very very hard road if you especially don't have mentors and yeah. being a very broad field as uh, I just came walked in and had me Michelle and Melissa talking about all the various fields that you can go into if you really don't know what you want to study mm-hmm. teaching yourself programming is like yeah it's like a needle swimming in a pool mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah you can't exactly know where to go so after a few months of trying to teach myself i decided to find help and that's how i found myself in moringa where i got some sense of direction and in within time i also found what i love doing what i'm passionate about in programming yeah Yeah. And um what do you enjoy the most about programming as opposed to maybe any other field that you try to venture into? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually a very interesting. I think the thing that I enjoy the most in programming is the ability and even the awareness that you can create anything you have in your head. Yeah. Yeah, you dream of an idea, you wake up, you write code, the idea is a reality. Mm-hmm. You 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 for instance, uh, I'm working on something that I spent the better part of my life after high school doing manually, you know. Mm-hmm. It was this thing that I was doing for a living. I'm currently automating all of it. So in the next in the next one week maybe when I finish the code yeah. I'll literally be clicking a button and having all the work that I used to do done automatically for me. Yeah. Now that is just a power that I can't see in any other field honestly. So I really I I'm I'm contented coding it's the best thing I think I've done with my life to this point mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And um how do you see um technology being a solution to a lot of african problems mm-hmm. we're just speaking about um using technology in the health sector um in education so in your view what problems do you think we can solve um especially african problems using technology no that's a very long list yeah yeah <laughs> african problems are african many. problems there are so many yeah and almost i, I think technology i don't know to this point if there is a problem that technology can't solve yeah yeah maybe the ones that require a human touch of which i believe people are also working on the consciousness aspect of ai mm-hmm. so pretty much very very soon maybe not in the near soon but soon enough also that one will be able to be solved by technology so i think in africa 
the problem that you are facing, be it transport, be it health, be it education, and it, I think it can all be solved with technology. It's a very broad field, it's a very long list of problems, yeah. and they're all problems that can be solved by technology, in my opinion. There is nothing that technology can solve. Yeah, and you, you said AI. Me. AI is a trend in technology. So what yeah. other trends are you seeing happening in this technology field? In this technology field, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd say it's mostly the transference of uh, data, for, for the most part. I feel like in the current day and age, there is nothing that is not digitalized. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think the digitalization of everything is the biggest trend I, I think I can, I can say. For instance, in, in, in Kenya, in Africa, mm -hmm. you see like uh, hospitals, for instance, they are still using local, you know, a very mundane Lock. ways of storing yeah. Yeah, the papers and nurses running around in files. Yeah. But with time, I feel like it's all moving digital yeah. and everything will be digitalized. So. I think I can encompass the biggest technological movement right now as the transparent from analog to digital. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it will encompass everything. AI will learn upon that data to do mm -hmm. things, uh, programming of websites, programming of, not programming of websites, designing websites. Mm -hmm. You know, basically all technology will rely on data being online. So the wow. digitalization of data, I feel that's the biggest technological movement that you're having because it will enable all other technology to mm -hmm. come to reality. Yeah, data, data looks like to yeah. It's like a really big field. It's, it's, it's yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> data is the new currency. currency yeah, exactly. data and people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. And um, is there any sort of you know last remark or parting shot that you'd have to listeners, especially the ones who are just getting into coding or have just started their first job as an entry level developer? Mm -hmm. What um, is there, you know, one thing or two things that you wish you knew before you started um, learning how to code or coding in itself? Okay, I'm going to say one thing about what I wish I knew before I started learning code. And the other thing I'm going to say, it's an advice to people that are junior developers. Will those be okay with you? Definitely. Okay, so one thing I wish I knew when I was starting to learning how to code is that syntax doesn't really matter. It matters, obviously, but when you're teaching yourself how to code, syntax doesn't matter. What matters is the implementation of code. Yeah. So when you're teaching yourself how to code, don't spend more than a few hours on learning the syntax of mm -hmm. the code. Yeah, if you are studying a language, just look into what is a variable, what is a list, what is this and this. A few, just watch a crash course on YouTube. Yeah. yeah it will be more than enough. After that, start developing actual projects. Mm. That's how you learn programming very, very fast. You, you learn syntax along the way, mm -hmm. and as well, and the, most importantly, you learn how to implement those syntaxes, which is, the, which is really what programming is. It's yeah. the implementation of syntax. Yeah. So I think that would be my greatest advice to people that are learning how to code. And the other one was, um, oh yeah, as a, as a developer, you've already learned how to code, but maybe you don't know exactly what you want. I, I think the biggest advice I can give you is just go with it, yeah? You don't limit your imagination. When you think of an idea, just do a bit of research on how you can implement it, yeah. and believe me, it's implementable. Yeah, so when, if, if that's what you're doing right now, think of that something that you really love. Yeah? Yeah. What is it that you love doing on your free time? What is it that you, you work that bores you? Yeah. And try to implement it as code, and eventually you'll find something that you really love doing in programming, which I can almost guarantee will be solving problems. So using code to solve real-world problems. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. So use, use your programming skills to yeah. solve real-world problems, yeah. yeah. Or your own problems. Yeah. Yeah. Your advice. Um, yeah. I look forward to um, 
having you as a guest again on the yeah. next episode. I look forward to coming in. Definitely. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, see you guys next time. Thank okay. you for listening. Thank you. Uh, see ya.